It's your boy, Matty G, here as always with Colby Patnode for another week, breaking down trades, viewing the standings, waiver wire Wednesday, getting ready for week four in the NFL. Colby, what's happening? Uh, you know, not, not a ton, uh, you know, just staying busy grinding on the podcast and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, watching the Mariners three games away from ending a 20 year playoff drought, uh, you know, watching, uh, I'll say this about the Seahawks, at least two of their three games have been highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, no complaints there. Huskies look great. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's fun, uh, to watch the Huskies right now. Cougs look really good. The apple cup looks like it's going to be an amazing matchup. Uh, if Michael Penix stays healthy, uh, if it's Dylan Morris, put every dime you have on, on the Cougs. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good time. I uh, can't really complain. It's fall, right? We both love fall. So love fall. yeah. So, uh, it's, it's a pretty good time right now. So I uh, can't really complain. Uh, my house of cards fantasy squad is still undefeated until Willie blows me out this week. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I can't really complain and, and we have seven trades to talk about today and you know how much I love trades. So, uh, yes. not, not a lot to complain about. Good. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I was going to say, it's been a very, very busy week on the trade front in the league. Um, I love that you mentioned the, the standings. So like we, like I mentioned, uh, last week we had battle of the undefeateds between you and Jake Smith. You came out victorious and remain undefeated, which leaves two undefeated teams in the league uh, heading into week four. You and Will, who coincidentally play this week. After this week, uh, there will be one remaining undefeated at the most. Um, Meanwhile, we have uh, the the only other thing that I, on that front, that I wanted to mention. TJ still remains defeated, 0-6. Um, he's got a matchup this week against against Scott, who's 1-5. And so we'll see if if <laughs> Dewey can, can fend him off for another week or if, if TJ could finally get the, the monkey off his back. Is this the preview of the Jamarcus? Who knows? Uh, oh, no. I... <laughs> now, you know, you know Dewey's coming for you on the chat after he hears you say that. <laughs> oh man um yeah that that matchup i mean who wants at least uh you know tj's in a rough spot right now uh you know and it's it's all been set up by a couple of bad injuries um you know it happens it seems like it happens to somebody every year and this year it's tj's turn which is uh unusual um but uh no that that's honestly that matchup's probably more fun than than will Wills and I, um, like I said, you know, I'm, I, I just, I'm trying to be realistic about my team. It's, it's, you know, it's taken a bigger pounding than Kim Kardashian. So it, it's, it, it's limping to the, to the week four. That's not a good sign that it's week four and half my starting lineup is, is questionable. So we'll yeah, see how but, that goes. But, but you do lead the league in points for. Yeah. I mean, Lamar, I'm grateful for Lamar. That's all I can say. <laughs> Hey, that'll do it though, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's weak winners, those, man. For those of you who care, and obviously it's still early, three weeks in. Uh, as of right now, Colby does lead the league in points four, and he is currently in first place. 
Um, meanwhile, I lead the league again in points against. <laughs> so we'll see if that ever changes, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bank on that. So um, you hate to see it unless you're everybody else in the league, then you, <laughs> then you love to see it. So anyways, um, all right, well, Man, so you're right. We got we got seven trades to get into. Some of them are going to be a little bit easier to analyze than others. Fortunately, the where we left off, uh, the first trade we have here to to take a look at is the deal that you made with Brian a week ago, um, just before kickoff of Thursday night. Um, so in that deal, you acquired Amari Cooper, Dalvin Cook, T.J. Hawkinson and Alexander Madison in exchange for CeeDee Lamb, Joe Mixon, and Desmond Ritter. So um, since you're here, I'll have you go ahead and, and break it down for the people, sort of what you were, what your thoughts are on this deal. Yeah, so, um, you know, first off, I was, I was, I guess I would say I'll start with uh, draft time, uh, day of the draft. Uh, if Lamar Jackson, if you had taken Lamar, right. with seven instead of Kyler, mm-hmm. uh, Dalvin cook was on my, my short list. Uh, I, I really thought he was going to have a big year and so far he's been okay, but you know, not, not quite living up to expectations. Now he's banged up, but that happened. I, I planned for that. Like you always have to plan around Dalvin missing a few games, but, uh, no, but he, he was on my short list way back when I think he's a first round talent. Uh, so I, I viewed him as, as an upgrade over Mixon personally. Uh, not a big one. They're close. They're in the same tier. I just like cook a little bit more. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't a big Amari Cooper guy coming into this year. Uh, you know, he's looked great for the last two weeks, one of which, you know, greatly benefited me. And I appreciate that. Uh, but with CD lamb, uh, I just CD lamb to me is a guy that I was never excited about drafting. Uh, just kind of took him because I thought I should take a wide receiver. Uh, he loses Dak. He's, been fine like he hasn't been bad at all uh but i just felt like that was more of a lateral move than i probably thought it was going to be on draft day uh, i think i think cooper and and lamb are more or less in the same tier or at least you know close to the same tier and so i didn't feel like that was a big enough down or that big of a downgrade if any uh and then i needed a tight end i i got zero points from my tight end in weeks one and two zero so i was like you know hawkinson kind of a kind of you know a target hog the last few years you know he's he's a good tight end he's not a great tight end but it's you know going from zero to good is a pretty massive upgrade for myself and so uh when i look at this deal i I looked at it and i said you know cook for mixon or really i guess minnesota's run game for cincinnati's run game that's at least a draw but i feel better about cook I, i just like him a little bit more cooper for lamb you know i probably would give the edge to lamb but i think it's pretty close and we'll see if cooper can kind of you know they're they're force feeding him the ball uh in cleveland uh so we'll see if he can continue that and then obviously the the up the big one the upgrade at tight end to go from literal zero to a top 12 ish guy that's that's a pretty massive upgrade and so that's that's uh that's why i did the deal sure you know i think that it's really simple here actually i think that your your analysis here is is spot on um, but what I would say is, from your perspective, you look at this, and basically it's three three fantasy-relevant commodities in exchange, really, for two. And and so, you know, yeah, you're probably right. At the end of the day, do you, would you maybe give the edge 
to Lamb over Cooper. They've both been they both been you know they've both been perfectly perfectly fine for uh, for fantasy purposes. You're going to keep them in your lineup regardless. But um, you know maybe you give the edge to Lamb over Cooper. But I mean all things considered, Mixon and and uh, and Cook some might argue is a bit of a wash. But um, but maybe I mean I think I probably would give the edge to Dalvin too. Well. Hopefully he can stay healthy, but you got Madison in the deal as well. And then you, if you needed a tight end, you get Hawkinson, a very fantasy uh, relevant tight end. So, um, and then for Brian, his from his perspective, maybe so he gives up three very fantasy relevant commodities commodities in exchange for really two. But I guarantee you that the reason he wanted Ritter in this deal was because he knew that he could flip Ritter to to Dewey, and that's exactly what he did. So yeah. Um, <clears throat> It, uh... And that trade is is coming up here. Um, <laughs> we might as well. I mean, we could just naturally jump to that one right now. Yeah, real, um, real fast on Ritter. Uh, I knew that's what Brian was doing mm-hmm. because he, like Ritter had to be in the deal or he wasn't going to do it. And uh, I knew that because Scott had talked to me about Ritter and he didn't make me quite the offer he made Brian. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, you know, he, he said he didn't want to pay for, you know, it's just insurance. And it's always funny because, you know, one of the things that adulting teaches you is that, you know, the first check you write every month is for the mortgage. The second check you write every month is for the insurance. Well, <clears throat> Dewey didn't want to pay for insurance for me, but he was more than willing to pay for it from his brother. So uh, I guess I can't take that too personally, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. Overall, I feel like, you know, Brian ha- had the extra tight end. He, you know, didn't realize it was, we had dropped, two tight end. And so he had Pitts and, and Hawkinson. Uh, and I think Mixon and lamb and cook and Cooper, like, I think you can make the argument and I'm sure Brian would, but that both of those are slight upgrades to, uh, what he gave up. Cause like I said, I, I think cook and Mixon are in the same tier. I think they're very close, you know, and Cooper and lamb. I mean, if, if Brian wants to say Cooper or lamb's way better and he's going to get Dak back and that's going to separate the two. Yeah. Like I could totally buy that. So I think it was a pretty fair trade, um, <clears throat> especially when you accompany it with what uh, with what Brian, what I knew Brian was going to do, which was immediately go and flip <laughs> Ritter to uh, to his bro. Sure. So so on that note, you know, he, he turns around and he talks to, to Scott and he flips Desmond Ritter to Scott in exchange for for Chase Claypool. And and it doesn't actually show 50. the amount of. 50 fab. Okay. I wasn't sure exactly how much it was. I know it was quite a bit. So 50 fab and Claypool for Desmond Ritter. So by anybody's standards, uh, that's quite the haul for, for, for Brian there for a, for a backup uh, QB. And as I've said on the league chat, and I know that everybody loves to, to joke about it, you know, but um, just to be clear on what I was saying, you know, the reason I gave Dewey such a hard time about, about, you know, Mariota and, and trading for Ritter and, and, and so on and so forth is because his faith in Marcus Mariota is, is ostensibly the reason that he was willing to trade Russ away for Justin Jefferson. And, and so you believe in Mariota. So from well, you, you have to believe that he you have to believe that he believes in Mariota based off of his actions. Yeah. Um, 
That being said, going and trading for Ritter, I, 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 I guess to be clear, I give him grief if the reason that he did that had anything to do with the possibility that Mariota gets benched. And I'm sure at this point, he would say, well, that's not why I did it. I did it in case Marcus gets gets injured. But it was just kind of funny the way that the, all the timing went down because this trade happened, I swear, 15 minutes after uh, Mitchell made a comment on the chat about, oh, Dewey's going to be down bad once Marcus Mariota <clears throat> finds the bench in week six or whatever. And the next thing you know, like clockwork, bam. Dewey makes a deal for Ritter. And so and so just the optics of that were like, maybe he's not so confident in Marcus Mariota after all. And so that's why I made the statement, you know, if you really believe, you don't need insurance. And what I mean by that is, is if you really believe in Marcus Mariota to the point where you're going to trade Russell Wilson, who is not getting benched this year, uh, if if you really believe in Mariota to that extent, then then how much value does Desmond Ritter really have to you? Because I have to believe that you think that Mariota is going to play out the whole season. And then he goes and makes this deal. But again, you know, uh, I'm sure he would say, well, the reason he did this has nothing to do with that. The reason that he made this deal is is in the case of injury, in which case, fair enough, that's fine. Um, I do think that, and this has a lot less to do with Claypool, believe it or not, than it does with the, with the half of your annual fab budget for, for Desmond Ritter. That just kind of, to me, suggests that you, you value Ritter quite a bit and you think there's a, you really need him. You feel like you really need him. And, um, I don't know. I think obviously, obviously, I, 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 my 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 stance on this is clear. I think I think Brian made off really well. I don't I don't fault Dewey for making the deal for Ritter, because I'm of the belief that it wouldn't be surprising if Mariota found the bench, um, injury or not. But um, but I think it's smart for Dewey to acquire Ritter. Just just in my view, maybe not at this at this price. Yeah. The Claypool part, I mean, not to be blase, but, but who cares? Right. He's right. He's a dude in a bad passing offense who has never really popped. Like a lot of people thought he was going to pop. He's a, he's a fine player and you know, he's, you know, a flex some, some weeks in, in, in this league in particular, but it's really, it's a 50 fab and, you know, and, and Scott's used pretty much all of his fab. He's down to four or five bucks, I think. And that may not come up. It may not matter. Um, but, you know, it is something that you have to think about when you're when you're sending these offers with these big fab uh, trades. And so it's it's, you know, it's interesting that. You know, when I have Desmond Ritter, it's Nico Collins. When Brian has Nico uh, has uh, Desmond Ritter, all of a sudden it's Claypool and, and 50 bucks like, hmm, OK. That's that's interesting, but uh, no, I, I appreciate uh, Scott. You know, just trying to hose me because it apparently gave Ritter enough value to Brian that he was willing to do the deal that I really like. So uh, I'm I'm cool with it. So 
I, I do think that, you know, Mariota is uh, a fine number two. I wouldn't say he's, you know, an ideal number two. I think you really like him as your, your number three, which is the situation that Scott had. But yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to roll with Mariota as your two in, in this league, you need Desmond Ritter. Like you have to find a way to, to grab him. Um, and so Scott, you know, we paid up a little bit, uh, based on what Ritter's actually worth. But if Ritter gets into the game and, you know, he's as good as I think he's going to be early, then it's, it's a steal. So, um, we'll see how it works out for Scott, but it's, it's not, it's not a huge risk. I would say that for Scott to make this trade and for Brian, it's all upside. Right. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, what it really kind of calls into question is what is the value of, of half of your fab budget really anyways? I mean, some years, some years that is worth a lot, you know, but typically those sorts of, those sorts of commodities that really make a difference, at least in, at least in, in our history and things that I can remember, there was one year where it was the first fab run of the, the first waiver run of the, the season and Dewey picked up Philip Lindsay and Austin Eckler, and they both mm-hmm. hit. And um, and that was maybe the best. That was maybe the best week week one Fab, you know, pickup uh, we've ever seen. Um, and then of course last year there was Eli Mitchell, but um, but this year we haven't really seen that sort of a development and and it remains to be seen if 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 anything like that will come to fruition and if it doesn't then maybe the 50 fab is really not that big of a deal but um and and to your point like i think that i think that you and i sound like we're kind of in the same boat here where it's like don't don't get me wrong i do think that that scott should want ritter he should acquire ritter but I think that he should acquire Ritter knowing that there's a chance that Mariota gets benched and not just because of potential injury risk. That's just my thought. Um, but one way or another, same outcome. He goes out there, he gets Ritter. And so, yeah, we'll see uh, We'll see what happens if, if Ritter happens to find his way into the game. Because um, obvious worst case scenario here is, is if Mariota does get benched and then Ritter comes in and looks like a rookie. You know, and that happens. That happens to the best of the best of them. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was god awful last year, and and he's been great this year. But you know, sometimes there's some growing pains, and so you know, I guess time will tell. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, a trade that actually happened uh, shortly before that deal, which was um, a quick, simple one. Uh, Cam makes a deal here with. With uh, Brennan, they flip quarterbacks. So Cam gets Joey B, Joe Burrow, and uh, and then of course Brennan gets Matt Stafford. So I would say you know coming into last week, Burrow was was one of the better buy low options, assuming you could find somebody who was willing to to sell at QB, and and after this past week with the Rams winning in Arizona, but Stafford really doing nothing of consequence. Um, Stafford is now one of the better buy low quarterbacks, probably in fantasy, if you could find somebody who's willing to sell. But regardless, um, T 
two QBs, two of the more prolific quarterbacks in the NFL, kind of coming out of the gates slow here. Um, what are your thoughts on on this deal? Yeah, um, my thoughts are Brennan sure does love a good old fashioned board bet trade because uh, this is the second one he's made. Um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like I feel like this is a no lose for Cam really because. I think like Stafford at his best is probably top five. Um, right. And Burrow is probably at his best also top five or probably at his best might be top three. Uh, Stafford at his worst is like QB 12 and Burrow at his worst. I still think is probably going to end up in the top 10. So I just, you know, maybe Burrow is a little bit overhyped after the, the playoff run. Um, you know, and how he performed in the fantasy playoffs last year. Uh, Stafford, I think maybe some people weren't giving enough uh, concern to his his elbow. Uh, it was elbow or shoulder? I can't remember which one. Uh, I think it's his elbow. Yeah. So, like, and we've seen that so far. Stafford hasn't looked very good. Like, he hasn't looked comfortable, right? Uh, and maybe that's just because he didn't throw a lot in, in the offseason because of the elbow, but whatever the reason like that, that's a legitimate concern, the elbow injury. So yeah, it's kind of a, you know, maybe it's a, maybe both guys ended up selling high. Does that make sense? Or they both sold low? Like, I don't know. It's kind of a weird, interesting trade. I think they're both in the same ballpark uh, in terms of, you know, where you would rank them the rest of the year, but I'd probably rather have Burrow. I just feel like he's healthier and, you know, a little bit higher upside. Uh, But you know, frustration. I'm sure both of these, both of these guys were frustrated because they spent, you know, early picks on, on Burrow and Stafford and they haven't really produced like they wanted. So it's, it's kind of a board bet trade. It's also kind of a a trade made out of uh, frustration. And then we'll see how it works out uh, for each of them. I I don't think that this trade is going to be the, the move that like lifts one of them to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like it's, it's, like the overwhelming odds are is that this is a lateral move for these two guys. Uh, but uh, I, if, if pressed, I'd probably say I'd rather have Burrow than Stafford, but I, I think it's reasonably close. Sure. I, I would agree with that. And um, I guess just a couple other things I'd point out. I think you're right to point out the issue with, with Stafford and his, his elbow. Um, I also, I also wonder if Andrew Whitworth's retirement doesn't, yeah doesn't sort of have an impact here on, on Stafford and him coming out of the gate slow, um, a little slow. Obviously, they haven't been able to to get as much out of Allen Robinson as maybe some would have hoped. And so it remains to be seen if maybe they can't, they can't get a little bit more out of him. But at the end of the day, Joe Burrow, I mean, it's no secret that he's surrounded by weapons. So... Um, I, I agree with you. I would give the edge here to Burrow, but but yeah, more more or less, yeah. At the end of the day, this is probably more of a more of a lateral move than anything. Um, all right, the next deal, and I'll let you tackle this first, uh, just because I think that it'll be fun. Um, <laughs> so the deal that I made with with um, Will on, on the, over the weekend that wasn't that didn't go that wasn't too popular with the with the league, um, I went ahead and, and flipped Baker Mayfield to 
All right. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, we had issues. We had technical difficulties, but um, we are back. And so before the, the call dropped, Colby was uh, going to give his thoughts on the um, on my deal for, for Traylon Burks giving up Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it, uh, it was a bit perplexing uh, to me. Uh, I was, you know, out on Saturday morning doing a Alzheimer's and dementia walk, uh, you know, for charity. And I looked down at my phone, got a notification that a trade was now pending. Uh, checked out, you know, went into the app, saw what the trade was. And I was like, huh, that's that's something. Um you know, anytime you can get a piece of that amazing Tennessee Titans passing game, you just have to do it, I guess. Uh, I, I, you know, and I know Baker hasn't been very good, like at all, which not not super surprising considering, but eh, whatever. He's still a quarterback too uh, in a 14 team super flex. And it felt like you just kind of gave him to Will. I'm sure you have some kind of stat on Traylon Burks about how he's like amazing air yards or some like point per target nonsense that never really correlates, but smart people like to try and use to, to, you know, back up their ridiculous trades. Not that this one's ridiculous. I don't want to say it's ridiculous, but um, you know, it just, to me, Burks is, I get, I like, I get the talent idea. I like the talent of, of Traylon Burks. Um, you know, I like uh, the player long-term. Uh, I just wonder, you know, with, with Ryan Tannehill and, you know, I know Robert Woods hasn't exactly, you know, lit the world up. And I know you know that as well, but mm-hmm. it just felt to me like the, it just felt to me like this was uh, an overpay for an unproven player. Uh, and it's really only an overpay because Mayfield is, is a quarterback. I just, you know, you go from week one asking for Daryl Patterson and then you trade for Traylon Burks. It's eh, that that's a pretty steep drop off in my opinion. So uh, I know you don't need Baker. Uh, you certainly don't need Baker. Uh, it just felt like you probably could have gotten more, but Hey, you know what? I'm not in the trade talks with you. I don't know. And there were a lot of players, a lot of teams who wanted quarterbacks, uh, early on. So I can only assume that, you know, you, you had several talks with other players and uh, other owners, and this is kind of the best that you can get, uh, for, for Baker and, you know, maybe try and get out from him now, because again, he's been, he's been bad. Like there's just no way around it. Baker is not the guy he was in, in 20, what was that? 2020? The year he was really good. Uh, he's just not that guy. And so, yeah, I, I don't think Baker's going to lose his job or anything, but Sam Darnold is there. And if you're not significantly better than Sam Darnold, like <laughs> there, there might be an issue there. So uh, I get wanting to get out from Baker, but when he's a luxury like that, I just feel like maybe you could have done a little bit more, but again, I'm not the one having those conversations with, with other owners you are. So mm-hmm. I'd be interested to know what your like history with Baker was in these trade talks and, and what's, what's the bullshit stat you want to use to, uh, to tell me Traylon Burks is like the next number 12 fantasy wide receiver the rest of well, the way. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to float any, any crazy stats out out or anything like that. But um, I mean, what I would, I mean, you're right. Yes. I, I've, I've, this is all, this is all public information that I've shared on the, on the chat, you know, um, you know, I've talked with other people about Baker before I made this this deal, and I was never able to 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 reach a deal, and um, and I do think that Baker is is gonna probably be a little bit better than he has been. Um, we'll see. 
you're right. You know, one way or another, you're right. I didn't really need him. But what I would what I would just ask you is is this from from the perspective of the of the deal that I did make. When it comes to Traylon, in, in your in your mind, is is the breakout coming this year? Me? Yeah. Do you think that Traylon Burks breaks out at some point in 2022? Uh, like, like maybe he'll have like a couple weeks, but I don't think he's going to be like, I don't think he's going to be like this year's Amon Ross St. Brown or anything like that. But, uh, you know, he's certainly a talented player and it's not like there's a a swath of pass catching options there. So I wouldn't say it's impossible, but so let's, so let's just, okay, fair enough. So let's assume that Burks does break out. Okay. Let's just pretend that we, that he does. Does Baker get it done? Mm, no, probably not. I mean, it depends on the team. Right? He's playing. If Burks has a has a great game, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, he's looking like he's going to break out. He looks like maybe he's the the top option all of a sudden uh, for the Titans and whatnot. Is anybody in their right mind trading Traylon Burks at that point for uh, QB two? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe not will, but most uh, people probably, I feel like in, in this league with what we've seen, well, <laughs> we'll get to that actually. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's put an earmark on that. On, sure. But, sure. But, but in all, in, with all due respect, you don't expect to get, to get a player of, of, of Burks, let's call it potential. The, the upside with Burks, you don't expect to get that for a guy like Baker Mayfield with what he's been. Um, so, you know, my thought was, look, I'm one in five and I've got this luxury item sitting on my, on my bench and sure, I'd love to hold him. It's nice to have three QBs, but I need players that can help me win right now. And Baker, I can't play three quarterbacks, but if I get a receiver who I can plug into my lineup, who could help me week in and week out then that makes more sense. And so I looked around and, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, it, despite the fact that maybe it, it's, it wasn't popular at the time, maybe it's not popular right now. I don't really concern myself with that. It's a deal that, you know, that I like, I think that, um, I think that this has a real ch- a, a chance to really make an impact for me. These are the types of deals that I think that, that I want to make. Um, so, you know, time will tell, you know, time will tell. I could be wrong. Maybe, may, the truth is, is maybe, you know, Burks just kind of has his growing pains this year. The the Titans sort of lean on on Robert Woods in the, in the passing game. And maybe that's the way that it goes. But basically, I'm just sort of making a bet here that, that that's not the case. In my opinion, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um so, and and in fairness, uh, in what's been a trend through through 2022, uh, last week I was wrong about that. Um, it's still early, but um, not that anybody should care. But I don't think I've ever started a season off in in pigskin pick'em against a spread worse in my whole life. Honestly, at this point, it's comedy. It seriously is hilarious to me. <laughs> I think I'm. I think, honest to God, I'm. I'm. I'm batting like thirty-three percent. 
which might be less, 30% maybe for my, Ouch. for, yeah, which typically what I, what I've seen over time, over, over years, years and years, what, five, 10 years at this point is about 50%. Um, and at this point with the hole that I've dug myself into, not that no one cares about pick them, but, um, I'm not digging myself out of that hole this season. So I just bring that up to say, look, you know, this past week I bet on Burks over Woods. That was that was a that was a losing proposition, um, and maybe it continues to be. But I think at some point that I wouldn't be surprised if the tide turns in that respect a little bit. So all right, well, we'll find out. Hey, if you if you love unproven players so much, uh, you know, uh, you can go ahead and trade me Robert Woods for Rashad White, and we'll just have a, a whole little fun trade to talk about on the air here. So, I mean, uh, if, if Rashad white starts getting a little bit of work, then maybe we can uh, talk about that. Boom. Um, there we go. So, <laughs> um, I need, I need nine touches this week, Rashad nine. <laughs> it won't take much. That's for sure. <laughs> um, all right. The next deal, uh, is Baker getting moved again. Here's, this is great, actually. I love that we're talking about this. I love because because it's all you know. In hindsight, you can talk about the things that you were trying to do and and whatever. So, I flip Baker to Will for Burks, and then and in the meantime, I I warn TJ about about Justin Fields and relying on Justin Fields, and then Justin Fields goes out there and proves me right. Surprise, surprise. Um, and, and now all of a sudden, you know, Will turns around and flips Baker Mayfield. He, he, he pairs him with, with Marquez Valdez Scantling and he trades him to TJ for, for Juju. Um, which is funny because I was trying to work a deal at the beginning of all of this for Juju, um, with TJ and, uh, he didn't want Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, when I was trying to, to make the deal happen, but he saw one week of, uh, of Justin Fields and he had seen about enough of that, um, (laughs) to the point where he's even willing to move Juju for Baker Mayfield. And that, that'll tell you something about, about Justin Fields, but that'll also tell you something about how down, how, how down bad TJ is. Um, but in any respect, or in any in any case, um, look, there's not a lot to say here. This is this one's as plain as day. TJ is desperate for help at the quarterback position, um, and so you know, in order to get Baker, who the least we could say about him is that he's a starter, and that he's had some upside. I mean, you look at his career; he's he's been squarely in the QB two conversation. Uh, for the most part, I mean, I'm going to give him a mulligan off last year because he was hurt. Um, now, granted, he hasn't looked great this year, but look, it's still early. Um, and and then Will goes out there and he and he he turns Baker. Essentially, he turns Baker into Juju. So really, he turned Burks into Juju. So that's pretty nice for Will. Um, you know, um, I understand. I mean, look, I understand the deal. I don't, I, and if you want my take on it, I mean, it's, it's no one's going to be surprised, surprised to hear me say that I think this was, I think Will wins this trade, but, but I understand why TJ did it. 
because mm-hmm. I'd rather start Baker Mayfield than Justin Fields too. Yeah, it's it's the old classic, you know, you're not trying to win the trade, you're trying to win the league. And uh, you know, TJ, as we mentioned, he's in a he's in a rough spot right now. Uh you know, his team's not performing. Uh a lot of the shots he took on wide receivers have, have failed epically. Uh he's already had to make a few moves to try and, you know, uh stem the tide, so to speak, uh, after the Trey Lance injury. That's it's caused him to make a couple of moves here and he's still desperately searching for that QB two and it's a it's a fourteen team league. There's not a lot of teams that have QB twos to offer. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, I, you know, you might remember, I'm, I wasn't a big Juju guy coming into the year. Um, I I think he got an artificial bump from the whole, well, Mahomes has to throw those Tyree kill targets to somebody and they're all going to go to Juju. And that's just not how it works. Um, so yeah, to me, I'm not a big Juju guy, Baker, eh, whatever, but I do think this is a, a clear win just, just on the trade. Uh, it's a win for, for, uh, will, but again, like you said, there's no issue understanding why TJ did this deal. Um, he probably felt like he had to, and, and he probably did. So, uh, yeah, it's just nothing really working out too well for <laughs> nothing's really working out too well for TJ right now. Um, you know, give him credit. He's still, he's still battling on, he's still, uh, you know, out there slaving away, trying to, trying to make something work here. And, uh, I, I think this trade is, is fine for both sides. Again, it's, it's two teams in different spots, right? Will is six and oh, and he's, he's got his quarterbacks. Uh, he's got this luxury item. He's looking to improve. TJ is looking to survive, right? So what's the, what's the old saying? Uh, a one-eyed king or a one-eyed man is king in a world of blind people or whatever. It's kind of like what TJ and Will are doing here. Like Will has the luxuries TJ that TJ needs to survive and Will doesn't. And so you, you take advantage of them without, uh, without like gouging, uh, somebody. And I, I think that's what this trade was. I mean, you're right. I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day, TJ loses Trey Lance. Um, if I remember correctly, that was his second round pick. And so that's tough to, to bounce back from. And he, he went for looking for reinforcements in Justin Fields and, and um, that didn't age well. <laughs> and it's still early. The thing that the thing that's a bummer for TJ is that really you should try, if you can, you should try to shoot that shot to fix that problem one time. So yeah. having, so having to pay the price for making a bad decision, what I would view as a bad decision, by putting your faith in Justin Fields last week, at that point, it's almost like, man, maybe you'd be better off just hoping that you were right about Justin Fields, or this is an impossible an impossible task, finding somebody who believes in Justin Fields, you know, and then maybe working out a deal so you can get get rid of Justin Fields, pair him with something else, and get a more stable option i i can't imagine that you'd that you would necessarily be able to to find somebody who believes in fields in that regard but um but it's a good idea it's it's nice in theory anyways um yeah it's tough yeah it's like i said it's a bummer for tj um he's now made two trades to try and rectify the situation and it's i don't want to say it's wrecked his depth but 
he doesn't have a lot to offer right now. And so he kind of has to be right on Baker and he kind of has to be right on, uh, or fields. Um, and he really needs Justin Herbert to get healthy and play well. Uh, or he needs to, to trade Herbert. Like TJ is in a tough spot, man. Like every year there seems to be one team where everything goes wrong early and it just like completely sideswipes him throughout the entire year. And, and this year it's TJ and we'll see if he can, you know, if you can turn it around, it's, it's, you know, to, to finish off your analogy, basically TJ was told he needed surgery, but he went out and he paid, you know, the same price for a band aid, or he tried to save 10% and go get a band aid. And now he realized he needs, he needs surgery and he has less money to spend on it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it's just, it's, it's a tough spot for TJ right now, but I think this was a, a pretty solid move on his part. So I'll give him credit for that. I think that he was wise to get Mayfield um, despite all the negative things we've said about him, this podcast, but um, he's better. With that being said, (laughs) I just think that he should have gotten, he should have acquired Mayfield before fields when he had the opportunity, but we'll see, you know, at the end of the, you could, the way you could look at it is like, well, it's better to have two QBs that are kind of iffy than, than just one. And so, you know, maybe you play matchups or whatever, or maybe, by some miracle, maybe Justin one Fields gets, gets his, yeah, maybe Fields gets his head out of his ass, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden TJ has a little something in Justin Fields. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, the The end of this podcast is going to center uh, primarily around Mitchell. He made two deals, and so we'll break those down right now, and we'll save the best for last. And so. Um, the last two trades that have happened were were Mitchell, um, both both featuring Mitchell. So the first deal here was with Will. Will strikes again, and uh, and he goes out there and he makes a, a deal with Mitchell. Um, Will acquires Garrett Wilson, rookie receiver for the Jets, in exchange for DJ Moore and Devin Singletary. So um, when you first saw this this trade come across the ledger, Colby. Um, what was your first reaction? That uh, Will got hustled. That Will got hustled? Yes. This is my first reaction. Um, so here's the deal. I'm a big DJ Moore guy. Yes, I know we just spent you know 20 minutes bashing Baker. I get it. Uh, but I'm a DJ Moore guy. I've always liked him. I think he's a really solid, you know, wide receiver two, strong wide receiver two. Uh, the thing with Garrett Wilson for me, it's not so much Wilson himself. It's that Zach Wilson is, is back. It's <laughs> and who <laughs> boy. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's getting a ton of targets or at least Garrett Wilson did under, uh, you know, under Joe Flacco is it ridiculous to say that going from Flacco to Wilson is a huge downgrade? I mean, maybe to some people, I, I kind of don't think it is. I'm not sure if it's an, I don't, I'm not sure if it's a downgrade. I don't think it's really an upgrade. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, it just, it felt like, you know, will paid for like Wilson at the height of his value this year. And maybe I'm wrong. You know, it's maybe he's, you know, one of those rookie receivers who, you know, is, is, great right away. But DJ Moore is a really good football player. And, you know, oh, by the way, Devin Singletary, while the hype on him is, is certainly dissipated, 
I mean, the dude's been pretty good this year. Now, granted, and this is a big caveat here. Singletary's had one really good game this year. Mm-hmm. And it's because he got 11 targets on nine receptions, 78 yards and a touchdown. Like that is an outlier. But he's also playing in more than 50% of the snaps for a really high-powered offense. I think Singletary's in, in our league is a flex play. He's one of your two flex plays most weeks. So to me, you know, Will gave up a flex play. And I would still say a wide receiver two for probably a wide receiver two. Right. I mean, so for me, this is an easy trade for for uh, Mitchell to say yes to. Uh, Will has running back depth because he made that trade with TJ last week. So Singletary to him might not be a, an everyday starter or a every week starter. But yeah. in our league, he probably is. So I don't know. Like if this was Wilson for more, I think that's totally fine. I think just adding Singletary just pushes a little bit over the top for Mitchell. But again, you're not trying to win every trade. You're trying to win the league. And if if Will thinks that uh, Wilson is, you know, the guy, like the real guy, uh, the, and he doesn't trust Baker, which, you know, he did trade for and then immediately trade Baker. <laughs> um, then I, I think you can understand why he would make a deal like this. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I think Cam did really well here. Um, <laughs> you know, I uh, I just have a tough time writing off DJ Moore. I know it hasn't been great. I know it hasn't been great through the first three weeks of the season, but you look at DJ Moore's career. Here's a guy who hasn't had under 1,100 receiving yards in the last three consecutive years. Who the hell yeah. has been throwing him the ball? You know, Cheeks McGee, you know, Sam Darnold, the worst of the worst options, you know, and DJ Moore still putting up 1,100 yards. And uh, and what exactly do they have over there in Carolina in the way of, of target competition? You know, I suppose outside of McCaffrey, um, but, but nonetheless... I just have to believe that that you know DJ Moore and Devin Singletary is gonna is is a pairing that's gonna provide more value than Garrett Wilson. And to your point, I think I'd take DJ Moore over Garrett Wilson heads up. Now we'll see what the future holds for Garrett Wilson in his career. He's been great this year. He all indications are the guy's a stud. Um I'm kind of with you on Zach Wilson, and that's no secret. Everybody knows that. I've been saying since since the draft, you know, that so, Zach Wilson can't play. If and, if Sam Darnold is Nancy Reagan, does that make Zach Wilson like Laura Bush? God, I don't know. Zach Wilson just <laughs> look, it whatever he is, it ain't it, man. It's not good. Zach Wilson I here's the thing. I'll admit just because your quarterback is trash, um, that doesn't mean that you can't have at least one fantasy. You can't support at least one fantasy asset, with the yeah. exception of apparently look Justin at, Fields. Look at Cortland <laughs> Sutton. Oh wow! <laughs> I was gonna say, look at look at. I think the best the best example right now is Justin Fields. You know, can you start any asset in the Bears' offense outside of the running back? 
No. Any passer catcher in the Bills offense with confidence? No. No. No one's excited. Or not the Bills. Sorry, the Bears. Offense. No one's excited about, about any of the pass catchers for the Bears. And why should they be? Because Justin Fields has given us no reason to be. Now, now that wasn't so much the case last year with Zach Wilson. Uh, so, so I could be wrong here, but with the way that Joe Flacco looked two out of the first three weeks of the year, you, I am just a little bit surprised, to be quite honest with you, uh, that they didn't continue to ride with him. And my, and this is going to sound sort of cynical, and that's fine, but. My perspective when I really think about it is, you know, maybe they're sort of in a similar situation as the Seahawks where they they don't really they don't really anticipate being competitive and so so starting their best option really isn't even in their best interest. And so maybe that's why really if you want to talk, if you want to think about it from that perspective, it really is in the Jets best interest to give the ball back to Zach Wilson as awful as he was last year because if he takes a step forward, then that's great for the team. And and but if he doesn't, then they have that knowledge and they and they can go into next year's draft equipped with the knowledge that Zach Wilson ain't it and maybe they need a, a quarterback. Um so I get it, but I'm just um I'm just a little bit nervous about what Zach Wilson might do to to the Jets pass catchers. So okay. I would, I would just lie. I just want to see. I want to see if he looks different than he did last year. But if he doesn't, then he's going to look a lot like Justin Fields. Maybe not yeah. quite that bad, but it's going to be, it's going to be somewhere in that range would be, would be my expectation right now. Um, but you know, good on cam helping out, helping out a friend. Um, Clearly, though, with this next deal, um, I'm not exactly sure what happened. You know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe he waited until Cam went to sleep, couldn't get his advice. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know what happened. You know, maybe, um, maybe his son stole his phone and hit accept. I mean, I'm not really sure what happened here, <laughs> but um, you know, Mitchell trades uh, Jarvis Landry and Jamar Chase to Brennan. For uh, for must be a haul, right? Geno Smith and T Higgins. What was your first thought when you saw this? Uh, that this is why. Uh, this is what happens when you take the training wheels off before they're ready. <laughs> I've been saying that. I've been saying that about Fisher Price all season <laughs> long. You know. Um, uh, man that's tough look i get it it if you want a quarterback you lose you lose mac jones and and so you want a quarterback you want a qb2 but if you want a qb2 and you don't have a qb to give you got to go to the uh, to the guys that have a cube that have a qb3 and so basically you're turning a qb3 into a qb2 at least for the time being um that is of course unless you want to take your other option which is to dive into the free agency, pick up the backup, and assuming that you bid enough, and then ride with him, right? Well, Mitchell uh, apparently decided before waivers even processed that he was going to go ahead and he would rather he would rather ride with Geno Smith um, than than pick up Brian Hoyer. And to be and to be honest with you, 
uh, as critical as I've been of Geno Smith, uh, I don't know that I necessarily blame him for that. My issue is not, oh, you're going to be leaning on Geno Smith. I, I wouldn't be excited about that. I don't really think anybody would be too excited about that. Um, but my issue is, I understand you wanted to solve a problem. But any any option that you had to solve that problem that necessitated that you give up Jamar Chase, in my book, is a non-starter. Um, and, and it's like I say, you guys have heard me say this a thousand times. And I'm going to say it a thousand more times. Just because you should do something doesn't mean you should do anything. And that's what I see here. Here's a guy who is feeling desperate. And when you're desperate, um, you may, you know, sometimes you make moves that, that are indicative of that. That's not what you want. That's not how a championship is won. And um, did he get better here? No. Uh, I wouldn't say so, you know, and I've heard the argument, you know, Cam, Cam tried to talk to me about the thought process here and who knows, maybe, maybe he did play a role in this. And if he did, um, I mean, look, uh, you win some, you lose some, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, sometimes somebody will give you great advice and then maybe they gave you such that maybe, maybe you learned to, to trust them and then they give you not such, such great advice to say that, T. Higgins is uh, is uh, a modest downgrade from Jamar Chase is an understatement to say the least. Um, yeah, good player, but right, no, I like T. Higgins fine, but Jamar Chase is special, and and I don't I don't think we have any reason to to project that that won't be the case that won't continue to be the case and the most ironic part of all of this is you know how you could go into the into your team and you could adjust nicknames and he had jamar chase's nickname as something to the effect of the love of my life and i just think to myself that are you sure that ain't no way that ain't no way to 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 treat Treat the the love of your life yeah i know you just it didn't take much for you to to sell his ass down the river. So, yeah, let, let's just talk logistically about this trade, though. Forget the pieces in general, right? So, Mitchell's off to a good start. Four and two. Really respectable. Um, you know, he's, he's in a good spot. He's in fifth place right now. Uh, you know, he has Mac Jones and Tua. He obviously knows that that honeymoon's not going to last, but also they both get hurt. In the same week, right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I don't get, right? You go out and you get, you go out and you get Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. right? And you, you don't, you don't get Brian Hoyer, but you get, you get Br- Bailey Zappi, who, again, I don't know if you remember this. I was a pretty big fan of Bailey Zappi uh, in the draft this year, but n- no, just no, right? So you're four and two. You feel pretty good that you're going to have at least one quarterback this week. If the alternative, if, the alternative to only starting one quarterback in week four of a you know thirteen week regular season is to trade Jamar Chase. Why wouldn't you just start one quarterback this week? You know what I mean? Like why well, not? Was, I think it's I think it's a really interesting point that you raise, um, and it's a really interesting conversation. 
Um, you know, really, let's be honest, we, we've seen this technically three times because you had, you had the Dak injury, you had mm-hmm. the Trey Lance injury, now you've, got the, now you've got the Mac Jones injury, right? And we've already kind of addressed TJ and how he chose to deal with, with things. To, to TJ's credit, Garoppolo wasn't available, right? He yeah. was drafted. So um, what's interesting to me is when you look at people who find themselves in this situation where you lose one of your, one of your two quarterbacks. And so, and so at that point, strategic decision-making gets tested and right. you look at, okay, so we know that, you know, for example, Steven had a couple trade offers on on the table and then the and then the other option was to go out there in waivers and try to put aggressive as aggressive an aggressive enough bid to um to acquire cooper rush and so now we've got the benefit of hindsight and with the benefit of hindsight it looks like he probably would have been best off just just snagging cooper rush is what it looks like um especially since the decision that he chose to make included moving Mark Andrews. And now we're seeing the same exact thing play all over again in real time, but worse probably because as great as Mark Andrews has been and continues to be, uh, you know, Jamar Chase is a first round pick and in our league and, uh, and not for no reason. And, and, um, and so, Mitchell has options here. He can go out there on waivers. He can try to make a play on on Brian Hoyer, you know, and and hope that maybe Mac Jones's injury doesn't last too long. Um, or maybe he could explore other trade options that don't necessitate moving your first round pick for for a quarterback, you know. Um, it's interesting to see how this season in, in just, in just three short weeks, we've seen basically the same situation play out multiple times. And, and more often than not, we're seeing guys who, who are so desperate to solve their quarterback situation that they're willing to do it by any means necessary. Right. Then this is the difference, right? Uh, TJ lost, uh, in TJ's case, he lost his guy for the entire year out just like that. And the backup wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Okay. So TJ has to do these things. Mitchell, interestingly enough, threw down $21 for Tua's backup, but was only willing to throw down $11 for Mac Jones's backup. And keep in mind that he made this trade before waivers process. So he had Gino right in his back pocket at this point, And he still spent $21 on Bridgewater, but only 11 on Hoyer when Hoyer was always more likely to start than Bridgewater. Now, maybe both of those guys are out this week. I don't know yet. I haven't seen the practice reports, but my understanding is that Mac Jones is probably going to miss a couple weeks. Two two is a go. Yeah. So, you didn't need Bridgewater, right? Certainly not at $21. He was the only one who put, put in a bid on Bridgewater at all. And yet you only put in $11 on Hoyer. Why wouldn't your reaction to that trade offer be like, hmm, let me wait and see what I can get on waivers, right? 
I'm going to put in my $20. I'm going to put in my bid on Hoyer, right? And maybe he doesn't get Hoyer. All right, now we can circle back and, and look at the trade options. But he doesn't do that. So to me, this thing is just he botched this entire thing. He makes the trade. He makes a bad trade and he makes it too early. There's no reason to make a desperation trade when there is a reasonable, uh, a reasonable uh, alternative that is cheaper, right? Would you rather spend $50 of your fab to make sure you get Brian Hoyer? Or would you rather trade Jamar Chase? It's a no brainer, right? It is a no brainer. So I just think Mitchell botched this entire thing from the go. And look, Geno's been pretty good for fantasy, minus the San Francisco game. Um, you know, he's a guy who's he's not going to turn the ball over all that much. It's going to get you a touchdown or two every week. Like he's a safe, very low ceiling number two. That's fine. Is he significantly better than Brian Hoyer? No. Do you need a long term number two quarterback? No. Once Mac Jones gets back, are you ever going to start Geno Smith over Tua and Mac Jones? Probably not. And that's assuming Geno keeps his job all year, which I mean, eh, probably not. At some point, we're probably going to see Drew Locke. So I just I look at what Mitchell did here. And not only did he make a bad trade, like this is an objectively bad trade. Jarvis Landry, I don't really care about whatever. It's Geno Smith, a guy who you're going to start for maybe a week or two. And T Higgins for your best player. T. Higgins is a good player. Jamar Chase is a great player. The difference to that is not a, a stopgap number two quarterback. Now, I, hopefully, I think Mitchell's probably like, well, if Geno plays well, then I can probably trade him. Okay, but you know what you didn't have to do? You didn't have to give up uh, Jamar Chase to get Geno Smith. You didn't. Brennan told you that's what you needed to do. Then you know what you know, a responsible and smart fantasy owner does? All right, well, let me see if I can go get Brian Hoyer. And I could just... I could just you roll with Hoyer because it's really simple, right? Would you rather have Hoyer and Chase or Gino and Higgins? It's not close. So right. I think he made a bad trade. I think his process was terrible. I don't think he, he manipulated the waiver system to his advantage at all. Um, I think that this is just a, an abject failure for Mitchell. Now, luck, luckily for Mitchell, process in fantasy football often gets thrown out the wayside because this is a totally random and chaotic game and literally anything can happen. But did Mitchell do his best to make sure that the odds were stacked in his favor when he pulled the trigger on this trade? Absolutely not. So this is a swing and a miss. It's a bad process. It's a bad deal. Um, And you know what? I'm going to float this conspiracy theory out there because I like to do that. Cam was a part of this deal. And he did it so that Mitchell would fall down and he could rise up. Cam sabotaged Mitchell. This is a long con. So Cam has Cam has sat by Mitchell's side and been the hand of the king and slowly but surely worked his way into his circle of trust to the point where now he can stab him in the back and try and take the throne himself. The only thing he wasn't able to accomplish, he wasn't able to get Jamar Chase on his team. But I can get him off of Mitchell's and that's the most important thing. So Cam, you pull off the silent coup to become the co-league manager of this league. I applaud (laughs) you for that, but I saw it coming and now you're coming for the King's head, the puppet King, which, you know, you shove your hand up his ass and you work the mouth, but whatever, either way. Now you stab the King in the back. You want that iron thrown all for yourself. I see you, buddy. Nobody else wants to see it. I'll be the one to call you out on it. Puppet master Cam coming in. 
and just destroying Mitchell's fantasy team just for the fun of it. And, and with that, uh, Cam and Mitchell, we will be, we will be awaiting your, your responses <laughs> on the league chat. Um, I guess it's, I agree. Do you with, think, I agree you, with what you, with everything you said about the, 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 what I would call, what I would characterize the optimal process in this situation. And to your point, you know, let's say you go and you, and you try to pick up Hoyer and you don't get him. Okay. Well, you still don't have to accept, you just, you still don't have to press the button on a trade where you are getting rid of Jamar Chase, you know, you counter offer, you know, you counter offer. And if, and if, and if Brennan's not willing to accept anything less for Geno Smith, than a trade in which he acquires the big fish, Jamar Chase, well then guess what? Uh, you need to take your, your negotiation somewhere else, you know, because again, that's, that's a non-starter. That's, now, and here's the thing also that you mentioned that I think is a really great point. Mitchell's four and two. And so I don't think that that means that he should just accept L's, you know. But at the end of the day, it's it's you're still gonna be square in the in the picture here if you if you struggle a little bit for for a week or two, you know. Um so I think that that kind of factors in here as well. But one way or another, no matter how you want to look at it, um, trading Jamar Chase was not was not the solution to your problem here. Um, and it's it's amazing how to me it is it is really remarkable how somebody could make such a a great what I view as a great trade in which you acquire you know DJ Moore and Singletary and and this is coming from a guy who's not even a big Singletary guy, um, but. You know, you go, you make that deal and flip out and, and get rid of, of Garrett Wilson, and it's like, wow, that's kind of that's a nice, a nice little move, I, I think. Um, and then you go out and and in the same day, you know, hours later, um, I just, I don't get it. I mean, I understand why, but I will never agree with it. It's not something I ever would have done. Sorry about that, guys. We are just having some technical difficulties today, but we're wrapping it up here. I was just asking Colby about the one pickup this week on Waiver Wire Wednesday that stood out to me the most that I just I thought it was kind of interesting, which was Mac Hollins to Scott for $31. And I, I don't remember – there was multiple bids. There was like four or five bids. Um, but I was just wondering – you know, what do we make of Mac Collins week three performance? Do we think that it's more real than, than not? Um, and under any circumstances, would you have bid aggressively on, on Mac Collins? Uh, I don't think it's real. It, the guy's 29 years old and he's been a nobody his entire life in the NFL. Uh, now to his credit, you know, he has 19 targets and, and, uh, 250 yards and a touchdown in his last two games. Like that's very good. Uh, but again, he's 29. He's always going to be second or third fiddle to Waller and, and, uh, and Adams. I just, you know, I put in a bid of $5. Um, and I think he's probably worth throwing in the flex here and see what, see what you have. Uh, it's not impossible, but this feels more like, uh, a Kevin Ogletree 
type of thing than it does like a, a Philip Lindsay type of thing. So uh, we'll see how it is. 31 is, is pretty aggressive on a guy who's, you know, basically a one hit wonder right now. But if it works out for Scott, then I mean, it's, it's a bargain. So um, yeah, it just, he was not going to be a guy that I was going to be super aggressive on. Uh, I, you know, for the most part, the rest of the league agreed with the exception of Scott who went at 31 bucks. Uh, second highest bid was 12, but yeah, for me, no, I wasn't going to be aggressive on him, but I was interested in a 14 team league. You kind of have to be interested in any guy who has a big game. Sure. I mean, I think that it is worth noting that Holland's big performance comes in a game in which Hunter Renfro doesn't play due to a concussion that he suffered in week two. And, and also in a game in which Darren Waller only saw five targets, yeah. uh, three receptions, 22 yards. Um, I think that, you know, even, you know, even Devonte Adams last week, he saw 10 targets, but he only had 36 receiving yards on five receptions. So um, I would agree with you that, that Hollins, I would, I would tend to believe that Hollins is a little bit of a, of a, uh, mirage here that being said you know he did have eight targets in week two you know 66 yeah. 66 yards receiving uh, overtime five game re- five receptions so so for the time being hollands is a flex option um you know um uh, and we'll see if he can keep this up and i wouldn't be um personally i wouldn't be too optimistic about that um and certainly I wouldn't have bid 31 fab. I would be interested to hear no one's called Scott out on this. Um, I'd be interested to hear his thoughts on, on making such an aggressive play on, on Matt Collins. Um, and with that being said, I mean, the only other move, there was a move this morning that kind of caught my eye. Uh, Garza went out there and swooped up Andy Dalton and that's looking, um, that might be interesting. Just something to keep an eye on here that, you know, with Jameis and his back, kind of a surprise that Andy Dalton was, was not already rostered, I feel, in, in this format. Um, and um, that's something to, that bears uh, keeping an eye on there. That might, that might pay off for, for Garza in the end. Um, mm-hmm. So with that being said, I, you know, we've been through all the trades, all the waivers, any any closing thoughts for the people? No, uh, you know, just keep the trades coming. Even the the bad, stupid ones are fun to talk about. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, just you know, keep them coming, and uh, we'll keep reacting to them. Uh, you know, at some point, the league's going to slow down on trades, and we're going to have to talk about something else. And I don't know what that'll be. So. Um, <laughs> it'll be the Mariners baseball. Yeah, hell yeah. If you guys don't want to hear Matt and me do a Mariners podcast, you better keep making trades. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, uh, I already do a Mariners podcast, but I will gladly do another one. So yeah, no, you know, just looking forward, hopping off here and, and, you know, try and get some playoff tickets at one o'clock. See if I get lucky. Uh, I'm not counting on it, but maybe I do. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll watch some, uh, some football tonight. It's what is it? Cincinnati and, and Miami tonight. Yes, sir. 
it's a pretty good game. So uh, it's it's a lot better than what they threw at us on Monday Night Football. I'll tell you that. Although that game ended up being okay. Not that I watched any of it, but it looked like it, it had a decent finish at least. So yeah, we'll we'll go watch that. Uh, get ready to watch some college football this weekend. Uh, I'm going to be in Seattle. Hopefully, I'll, I'll we get lucky and I'll pick the game where the Mariners actually clinch. And uh, I'll be at the field to watch that. So uh, nice. yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a good weekend, I think, uh, until Sunday when I get my my cheeks clapped by old Willie Tinder. So uh, we'll see how all that works out. But uh, good luck to everybody this week. Keep the trades coming. It's been a lot of fun, guys. Um, you know, it's uh, it's always fun to get on here and talk fantasy football, and you know, produce this for a group of idiots who cares way too much about a silly little game uh, that you guys would listen to this podcast and, and have comments and take seriously. What we say is, is uh, ridiculous. And it's, it's why I love playing in this league. So uh, good luck to everybody this weekend and uh, we'll see you next week, probably Wednesday or Thursday. There you go, guys. That'll do it. As always, Maddie G signing off. With Colby Patnode, don't forget to fade Matty G. He knows things. <laughs>